This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. The state of California has been in drought for four years now. Last week, for the first time in the state's history, Governor Jerry Brown ordered a mandatory water restrictions be put in place because the drought has reached near crisis levels. And because of a variety of food grown and produced in California, the effects of this drought are being felt nationwide. But obviously not anywhere harder than right there in California itself. So what are the next steps for the state to do? Howard Kunruther is a professor of decision sciences and public policy here at Warden. He's also co-director of the Risk Management and Decision Processes Center. He joins us to discuss this topic right now. But we also wanted to hear your stories firsthand, especially if you are in California and living this firsthand. 844-WHARTON. 844-942-7866. Obviously, these restrictions just put in place within the last few days. But people in California have been feeling this for quite some time. I have a few friends that live out in California, and they tell me that uh, that they have noticed a change, uh, especially within the last few months as well. So we'll talk about that. We take your calls as we well as we will, and we welcome in Howard Kunruther. Great, Great to, to be see, with you, Dan. Great to see you again. Uh, this is obviously a, a, a topic that has it's been building steam over the last year or two. And you look at some of the pictures of some of the lakes out there in California. It, it is amazing what this state is going through right now. No question about it. And you just can look at the snowfall and the lack of snow this year with respect to what's actually happening. So this is a major problem, and Governor Brown has done an appropriate thing by actually suggesting that people cut back on the usage of water. But that raises a lot of questions, as you've just pointed out. Well, and, and I guess since this has been going on for four years, I'm guessing Governor Brown and, and before him, uh, I guess it was Governor Schwarzenegger before that, but I guess they've been trying other options. I guess he wanted to try and have a 20% reduction in water usage last year, and they didn't reach that number. Uh, I guess for him, this was a last-ditch resort to put these restrictions in place, and, and the time is, has come. I think that's right. I, I mean, the hope was that people would voluntarily restrict their usage, and there was an attempt made to do that. But as Governor Brown has pointed out, that hasn't worked as well as he would have liked. And so right now we have a whole set of uh, restrictions here that people are obviously concerned about. But to the extent that they understand, as you have pointed out and as he has pointed out, this has been a crisis over the last few years. Yeah. And the fact that he's done this is really because of the fact that it's been unsuccessful in other ways. Now, the challenge, I think, is whether or not a social norm can be established in California, okay. whether or not one can see that people will feel it is really their duty, in some sense, uh, uh, to actually restrict their water usage. It's hard to get that across. Social yeah. norms are difficult when you can't see anyone. And so the idea yeah. of people taking a shower that is only five minutes would be very hard to monitor and control. <laughs> and so there are issues essentially associated with 
social norms, but I think to a large extent this will come through conversations. It will come through conversations that uh, has been, have been going on in the state, and clearly the media will play a, an important role here to say that this is really a major problem. It's a major problem for the farmers, as yeah. we pointed out. And so the idea of people cutting back in ways that shouldn't be too restrictive, but we'll hear from your listeners perhaps yep. as to why they are more restrictive, is a way to go. We want to hear from you, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call, especially if you live out in the state of California. It uh, is a story that we would like to hear the firsthand accounts of. Uh, The interesting thing is, I guess in some respects, those social norms that you're talking about, uh, putting it in the, basically in the lap of the citizens of California, Uh, Governor Brown realistically did that last year. And, and it didn't work. So he's had to really take the bull by the horns in many respects and put this back in the lap of the government. Well, I think that's right. And I think one of the issues that have been pointed out uh, uh, and been made very clear by the governor that there will be fines for people yeah. who have violated this. That's a very different story yeah. from having people do things voluntarily. That actually says, look, if you are watering your lawn too much or you're doing things that are noticeable, uh, yeah. we will fine you. And the question is, how will that take place? What monitoring uh, uh, will take place? And how do you actually get to that point where people will feel not only is it their obligation, but they are concerned about actually being fined. That, that, that idea of taking a five or seven or eight minute, whatever shower it is, you know, it's an interesting concept because we've, we've had other droughts, you know, in, in, the, in the last several decades in California and in other places around the country. It's very hard to get somebody to, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to put your, your you know, the, the smartphone stopwatch on and run the clock and, and put it on? I mean, that's that's it really is, in a lot of cases, it's unrealistic to, to have that expectation. But I guess from that perspective, what else can you do? Well, I think you really have to make clear that this is a major problem. It's a major problem for agriculture. It's a major problem for the crops. Prices could go way up if there are shortages. The drought is real from the farmer's point of view. And as a result, there are steps that are going to have to be taken. Now, there are other things that have been proposed, like new water facilities have been proposed as a way of trying to deal with that. But that's not going to solve the immediate problem. And the other part, I think, that will be important here is to recognize, uh, as was pointed out uh, in in uh, Monday's New York Times, uh, uh, yesterday's New York Times, that uh, the drought is a part of climate change. Uh, The drought is something that at least the warming is a part, not the lack of rainfall. We have an expert uh, who, Michael Oppenheimer from Princeton, who has been studying this, who we have worked with very closely at our Wharton Risk Center, and he has been involved in the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, and he made a point in in that that when you think about global warming, you're going to think about more droughts. And so things like that hopefully will help people to think about the fact this is a long-term problem. This isn't something that is going to be solved overnight in in that sense. But taking steps along the lines of conserving will be a way to deal with that. And the more people actually do that, the more they will actually um, be benefited. I can tell you a personal story of my own that happened a few years back that some Californians will remember. It was a few years ago. I came into a restaurant 
restaurant not appreciating this drought problem at that time and asked for a glass of water. And uh, they said, well, we're not really serving water now. You can buy some bottled water if you want, but we're not serving a, a water in the restaurant. Now, that's a simple thing on one level, but it really surprised me. And, of course, it made me aware of the fact that this was something that was being taken very seriously by all parties. They, they also have quite an issue uh, because of this, because uh, we're coming to the time of the year where California will have to be dealing with the, the annual wildfires that they have. And that is obviously a, a big issue that they have each and every year. Uh, you know, the, the area is so dry and then the temperature gets so warm. And, you know, even people that go out, go camping, they make errors while they're, you know, while they're camping. Wildfires start. And then that becomes another big piece to this as well in terms of having the water available you need to be able to fight these fires and not lose more land than you probably will. Yeah, that's a very important point, Dan, that you've just brought up, the interdependency aspect. People forget how water is used in yeah. many different ways. And the minute you bring out the point like that you brought out, I think, and people pay attention to that, they're going to recognize that the things that they do today could be really beneficial for things that could happen in the future that they hadn't really thought about. Yeah. Uh, but they recognize that water has many uses and one has to be appreciated. Unfortunately, appreciate unfortunately, a lot of the times it, you don't have that recognition until it's too late mm -hmm. and, and by that point you know you may have lost you know 20 30 thousand acres of of, of uh, woodlands uh to a fire mm -hmm. and, and that obviously ends up being a big big problem that they have to deal with. Yeah. Well, I think the point that you're making and that we're talking about now, and, and, I, and it will be interesting if there are some people who want, do get on the phone who to comment on it, is that we, are, we all tend to focus on the short run, Yeah. all of us. Yeah. And that is not, not just us as consumers, but managers. All uh, people have a short run orientation for a lot of reasons yeah. and being myopic. But when you talk about a drought, when you talk about shortages like that, they have long-term uh, implications. And the fact that this drought has been going on for four years and promises to be con to continue in the future because of just the points we've been talking about yeah. may force and hopefully will force people to say, not just in California, but really around the country, that not, the California is not the only place, although it happens to be serious. Arizona has had this problem sure. as well. Yep. And other, and other uh, states that really uh, are, depend a lot on water. And how do you begin to get long-term strategies for dealing with this? Things that will uh, make one recognize that if you do things now, yeah. they will have long-term implications. And the wildfire example is a good good one in the sense it's not necessarily going to happen tomorrow, yeah. but it could happen a few months from now, and it isn't on people's agenda uh, to think about that. And they normally don't think about the water tied in with the fire. The numbers to give us a call, you can join in the conversation, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We're talking about the droughts and the new restrictions put in place in the state of California by Governor Jerry brown and certainly you know if there is somebody that has uh california's best interests at heart it's governor brown i mean it's this is the second go-around for him as the leader of the state of california there's no question that he you know he has he has the best interest in this state at heart at, at, at every time i don't think you can have any question about that no, I agree with you. And I think that to the extent that people recognize that, and I think they do, I think the Californians understand that, I think it's just hard for people to change behavior. Yeah. Uh, and right now we may have a lot of people who are in a shower, and hopefully if they're listening to this uh, program yeah. and hearing it, they can tell us how, how easy it was to take a five-minute shower. The interesting thing to note, though, is that within the restrictions,
solutions that, that Governor Brown put forth and put into place is the fact that that farmers are not really put into this category. And that becomes the business aspect of it in that they obviously need to have water to be able to grow crops, grow plants, and to be able to sell produce or, or you know, whatever. A lot of people have talked about the avocado growth Mm-hmm. is really going to be affected in California. Uh, that may be the the, the the piece to the puzzle that is affected the most. So if you don't even if you're a consumer in the state of California and you don't even realistically think about yourself in a lot of cases, think about the other people that use this water for a living in terms of growing crops. That ends up being something that again, it's another one of those pieces of of thinking in the short term and not thinking long term about how that effect has, has really played out. And we've seen it over the last few years. You look at the price of beef. You know, all the cattle that, that are grown out in California, the price of beef that has gone up over the last few years. It, it, it is all interconnected, and I think people forget about that. Yeah, and I think one thing, just to pick up on the, on the point that you made in terms of people appreciating that, would be to start constructing scenarios as to what could happen. If you don't cut back in this way, here's what is likely to happen, not only to your prices, but to the availability of goods. Uh, your yeah. avocados, using that as an example. Yeah. Uh, what, w- what will the output likely be? What are the consequences if people don't do that? So to give scenarios and not necessarily worst case scenarios, scenarios that will happen if people don't pay attention. How do you actually then get people to sort of take those scenarios seriously? And I think the way you do that is you, you hit them where everyone feels it, which is in their consumption. Yeah. as well as in the prices they pay for their food. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866 is the number. If you want to jump in and ask, ask a question, we're talking with Howard Kunrother, who is a Wharton professor and the director of the Risk Management Center here at the Wharton School. Uh, Jason is in Redwood City in California. Jason, how are you being affected by it right now? Are you seeing it firsthand? Hi, this is Jason. Um, I was just telling the call screener, ironically, it's raining right now. Huh. In, in California, where, where I am. That's, but, um, that's good news. It is good, for sure. Um, I do see it in just the daily life. I just went to a, a national park this weekend, and it had a botanical garden, and you, you could see signs, you know, that we can't plant all the flowers and water the trees, so there's a lot of conservation going on. You see the brown grass, and you see it in the hills, and as you mentioned, in restaurants. Yeah. So um, you, you definitely see signs in the effort. But one thing I was mentioning again to the screener is I, I wonder, you know this has been going on for a while, and I know we have to take drastic measures now, but why something like desalinization wasn't more actively pursued? And I know they have a plant they started a while ago in Santa Barbara, but it seems like it's offline. So it, I wonder if, if you know about that, why they're not going that route. Uh, Jason, this is Howard Kunruther. Uh, I don't know the answer to your question, but I think it's an important one to raise as to whether what actually prohibited that or what, what hindered that from taking place. Often in these situations, there are high costs to doing it, high upfront costs to doing it, high fixed costs. The question who's who's going to actually bear those costs. So I think it's worthwhile actually uh, 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 following through and uh, I, and actually trying to figure out what is it that prevented that as you were raising, and are there 
ways to get around that? Are there ways to help subsidize that? That relates, of course, to the point that I'm sure you're aware of, of trying to build new water facilities in California, which is the same question. Who is going to pay for that? Where will the money come from? And how is that going to be supported? But I think it's a very important point to raise the issues that are the longer term issues of how are we going to deal with this, not just tomorrow, but over the next few years. Jason, we wish you all the best. Thanks very much for calling in. Greatly appreciate the uh, the firsthand account. Uh, Drew is in Los Angeles. Uh, Drew, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. This is a great show. Uh, so I wanted to bring up a point regarding uh, the amount of residential water usage and the percentage of water that can be conserved by turning off sprinkler systems for watering lawns. And the percentage of water usage is probably close to 30 to 40 percent of residential usage that's uh, using, uh, used in these lawns. And so methods and incentivized uh, ways to get people to convert their lawns would be a great way to do it. So I wanted to hear your thoughts on how much that will help us help save us water. Well, I think, I think, Drew, that, that one of the issues is for each individual, they may say it's not going to save very much. But the point is, if everyone is going to do it, it can save an enormous amount. And I think it still is not going to solve the problem, but it's going to make a, a very, very sig- significant dent. And it may encourage other actions to be taken. I think this takes a life of its own. So I think what, to some extent, it's extremely important uh, for the reasons that I think you just raised, for everyone to understand that these things are should be done now. They're not going to affect you seriously. And even if the lawn isn't looking quite as great as you would like it to be, it still is uh, minor compared to some of the other issues. And so uh, the challenge, I think, is, as I pointed out earlier, for people to somehow see this as a social norm and that they're willing to take steps, not only themselves, but talk to others about doing that so that everyone can appreciate that. Drew, I, I think it, for, for me personally, in reading a bunch of the articles, and obviously we're here in Philadelphia, so you know we're not there firsthand. For me, I think that the the one of the big pieces of the puzzle, and I didn't realize, is how much California relies on the snowpack uh, up, you know, at a, at, a t- at the top of a lot of the mountains uh, there in California to get that runoff. Uh, down into the reservoirs, down into the rivers and, and to the lakes, that that ends up being an unbelievably big part to it. And it goes back to climate change. Uh, you know, I mean, we've talked on this show so many times about various aspects, both here in the United States and other places around the world, how climate change is is a factor in, in a lot of this. And I, th- I think we, as as people here in the United States, need to take a longer look. I mean, it's it's interesting that, you know, when when Al Gore was was vice president of the United States, he talked so much about climate change, and I think a lot of people just kind of sloughed it off. And I think it ends up being a big, big piece to this puzzle that a lot more people need to think about. You agree with that? No, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, I, wanted, I was wondering what the government could do to incentivize people to convert their lawns, maybe to you know, California Naturals or the succulents, can it do something in terms of rebates or something that may may help us facilitate that? Do you, do you have a thought on that yourself, Drew, in terms of what they could do? I mean, what what Governor Brown basically indicated, as you know, is that there will be fines for people not actually taking the steps that he was suggesting. But what you're really saying is, are there things in addition to that that people could do that would require some kind of subsidies or some kind of way that they would be incentivized to actually uh, take these steps? Uh, the one point I would make, and that has nothing to do necessarily specifically 
specifically with water, but it has to do with energy and efficiency with solar and other renewable energies. That also is going to help the problem on climate change, but it's indirectly related in the sense that you will have slowering climate change. But if you want to talk about water directly, uh, I think that's an important point uh, to, to think about what could be done. And I'm not exactly certain myself on that. But the one point I would want to say, just to elaborate on what Dan was pointing out on the snowpack, you normally have five or six feet of snow, and yeah. they had brown grass this year. So you, we, everyone is aware of the fact that things have changed, and it's not going to necessarily go back to where it was in the past. Drew, thanks very much for the call. Keep listening in because we're actually going to bring on a gentleman who is a, a farmer out in California. His name is Matt Sylvester. He runs a small farm in uh, Alameda County where he grows a wide range of fruits and vegetables. Uh, Matt, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks. Uh, we're talking about Dan Loney here along with Howard Kunruther. We're talking, obviously, about the effects that, that uh, the people and, and the farmers are feeling out in California with this drought. Uh, you've obviously been going through it as well. What has it been like for you? I mean, for me, it hasn't been that bad. Um, really, so far, it's been county to county, uh, depending on the water rights of each county, uh, whether you're on a well or not. Um, and so, for me, um, we're still on Hetch Hetchy water. Um, and that hasn't been a problem yet. So I guess you could say we're we're lucky right now. But it is definitely um, a problem and something we, I mean, we need to be looking at. Um, I think it goes way beyond farming as well. I mean, um, I still think it's a crime that we're still flushing our toilets with fresh drinking water. I mean, there's got to be areas to expand with gray, gray water. Um, and then, I mean, if you look specifically at farming, too, like does California really need to be the world's provider of like strawberries, um, so they could be on sale at Walmart for two for five. Um, yeah, and all, all the water that needs to go into it. Um, my last point about farming too is um, we should look more at like uh, big animal agriculture, specifically uh, cattle. And cattle drink so much water; they need so much water compared to vegetables um, to have cheap burgers for dollar ninety nine. So um, there's a lot to look at, um, but uh, big animal agriculture um, definitely uses a lot of water. Um, vegetables not as much and uh in my case i'm still okay on head touchy water matt this is howard cudruther uh do you know of any farmers or any people in your area who have been affected uh directly uh, um, we're happy to hear that you haven't been but i'm wondering if you've talked with any uh who really are concerned and what they're what they are thinking about doing um i've heard of a couple farmers down in the fresno area that um that don't farm anymore um, because of the, the issue that's, you know, with, with water. Um, but um, there's definitely been a lot of talk going around, um, and folks are kind of just uh, just trying to figure it out um, to see what's going to happen next, I suppose you could say. But I haven't, I haven't known any directly that um, are not farming anymore due to um, the lack of water. I would say there's a lot of concern and talk and articles being thrown around um, that this is the last year, and then other people saying, "No, no, 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 no. We've been here before. Um, things are going to be okay." So, so there's um, so there's almost a little bit of a belief by a lot of the people out there that they're not taking this as seriously as they probably should, because, as you said, we've been there before. Yeah, I mean, well, I think if you're a farmer, I mean, you love what you do, and you're growing food, and I think you almost think it's a little unfair for people to look at you and be like oh, the farmers are using all the water, when really there's so many other ways we could be conserving water. And we do realize it's a problem because you need sunshine, good earth, and water to make things grow. 
but we're providing food for people and yeah. real food. Um, and there's the industrial food system, which uses tons of water. And what I was saying about, you know, big animal agriculture uses so much water um, so we can have cheap fast food burgers. Um, and we're still, you know, every time we flush the toilet with a little bit of pee in it, that's three to four to five gallons of water yeah. right down the drain. So, no. Um, no, I th- you know, I th- we're, we're not just going to be like... No, uh, I think you really you hit it on the head in the sense that there is a lot that people can do. And I'm wondering, again, Matt, whether uh, you uh, obviously you're taking this seriously, whether friends and neighbors and people who are not farmers are taking what Governor Brown has uh, mandated now, but has also indicated they're going to be a voluntary component, are changing their behavior as a result of this, even over the last week or so. I mean, I, I hope they are. <laughs> yeah, uh, so do we. <laughs> um, but, you know, I still see, uh, I go I go jogging every morning. I still see sprinklers on for, for lawns. Yeah. Um, and so people are going, it, people, it's hard to adjust to change. Um, it, it really is. And so um, we, but we, we have to change. It's, it's just the way things have to be done. Um, and I think we should invest more in gray water ideas because, yeah. um, you know, and then for myself with farming, I mean, I use drip irrigation which um doesn't evaporate as fast and it drips down real slow and every time a crow pokes a hole in my line and i see a leak it's just i I try to drop everything uh to go fix this little leak um because of the drought and it hurts my heart when i see that water go like that um but but yeah i mean it's, it's just definitely i think um we all sort of somehow have to come together to start making some positive changes uh, but sometimes I feel like it's easier to just leave people down that instead of everyone making uh, these individual changes if we just had a gray water system in place. Then when you flush your toilet, um, you know, then, then it's, 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 used, it's recycled from maybe your sink when you're washing your hands. What, what has been the, the general reaction to Governor Brown actually making this move now? Because we, we surmised uh, before you came on the air, you know, whether or not this move maybe should have been made a year ago. And I guess, you know, Governor Brown tried to get uh, water usage cut back by about 20% last year, and it didn't work. And that was really on the citizens of California. Now he's taking this step. Is is anybody questioning whether or not this move should have been made earlier? Uh, Yeah, I think a lot of people have been. I mean, um, within my circle of friends, sure, uh, we've been talking about it. We've been calling for it for a long time. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely, why not? I mean, why not conserve water? It's, it's a very precious resource, and the more that we even look at it like that, uh, probably the better and the longer we'll have it around. Matt, I want to thank you for coming on and giving us your firsthand account. Uh, all the best to you out there in uh, Alameda County. Sure, thank you. And anyone that uh, wants to look us up, it's Happy Acre Farm. We have a website, and uh, just um, thank you guys. And a good discussion. Great. Thanks, Thank you, Matt. Matt. Matt, Happy Acre Farm out in uh, Sonal, which is in Alameda County, California. So, hey, look, that's that's firsthand knowledge, and there's nothing like getting it firsthand. We got, you know, five or six really good firsthand accounts of, of what's going on out there. Absolutely. No, I think, and, it's, and every one of them said this is a serious problem, and we should be paying attention. Which is great. Yeah. It's great to hear that. Yeah. So, Howard, great to see you again. Thanks good. for coming in. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.